2: Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek, was very passionate about the franchise throughout his life. He constantly advocated for Trek to portray an earnest and optimistic future for humanity, one that mirrored his own hopes for a better tomorrow. While most of the time the writers and other creative people working on Trek tried their best to follow Gene's utopian vision, there were times where it was simply just too restrictive to the story. Gene wanted to have no main characters fighting with each other, no storylines involving technology being used as a villain, no reoccurring aliens or themes, and plenty of other things that, if followed, would have honestly ruined Star Trek. Of course, Gene's optimism is still respected by creators of Trek today, but in a way that's much more realistic than Gene originally intended. Some fans criticize modern Trek for not following Gene's guidelines as precisely as the original series or the next generation, but it should be said that some of the greatest moments in Trek history were strongly opposed by Mr. Roddenberry. With all that being said, I'm Bree from Trek Culture, and here are 10 times that Gene Roddenberry hated Star Trek. Number 10. Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan it may come as a surprise to many Trek fans that one of the most beloved movies in the franchise, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, was actually disliked by Roddenberry for many reasons. Although the motion picture made money, it was received poorly by critics and general audiences, most people finding it a bit too boring and pretentious. Some even going as far as to dub it the motionless picture. It became clear to the studio that in order to reinvigorate Star Trek, they would need to go in a radically different direction for the next film. They took a lot of Gene's creative control away, instead letting Harve Bennett take the lead for the new script. Roddenberry was, of course, upset with having his control taken away, though his biggest issue with the film was the supposed militarization of Starfleet. He hated the violence in the film and thought that the Genesis device was a ridiculous idea. Whether or not he was right, today The Wrath of Khan is regarded as one of Trek's best stories. The introduction of a strong villain, a classic from the original series no less, showed that Trek can be a Exciting and fun while still staying smart. Number 9, family. The Next Generation episode, Family, directly follows the best of both worlds, the iconic two-parter episode where Captain Picard got assimilated by the Borg and turned into Locutus, destroying countless Starfleet ships at the Battle of Warp 359, before finally having his humanity restored at the end of the episode. In Family, Picard returns to Earth with the Enterprise to visit his family and recover from the trauma of being assimilated. Roddenberry was strongly against this script, wanting instead to keep the story self-contained in each episode. Apparently, Jean was rather have Picard go right back to boldly going, mere days after having the very essence of his individuality taken from him and being forced to kill thousands. However, his main criticism for the script was the way that Picard's upbringing was portrayed and the hostility between him and his brother. He argued that siblings would simply not argue and fight like that in the 24th century, which anyone who has siblings I'm pretty sure would disagree with. Family would eventually be recognized as one of the most emotional storylines for Picard, giving his character more depth. It also helps audiences recover after the best of both worlds and makes it a little more believable for Picard to return to work in the next episode. Number 8, the original series crossover on The Next Generation. Strangely, Gene Roddenberry didn't want any classic characters from the original series to return in The Next Generation. His reason for this, as stated in the official Star Trek Bible he wrote, is that he wanted the newest Star Trek show to stand apart from the original as something new and different. This was a noble goal. Roddenberry was committed to not letting the franchise go stale, constantly evolving it to be grander and more modern. This is something that shows like Discovery, Lower Decks, and Picard are continuing to this day. However, every now and then, a cameo from another series in the franchise can be fun to see. It helps the universe feel truly connected and real. Roddenberry was originally very adamant against crossovers, but caved and allowed for DeForest Kelly to make an appearance as Dr. McCoy in the Next Generation pilot to tour the Enterprise D. Eventually, Star Trek became more comfortable with crossovers, and during Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and other following shows, became a deeply connected universe. Number 7, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock Nowadays, there have been so many ships called Enterprise and Star Trek that it's hard to keep track. But this wasn't always going to be the case. Gene Roddenberry had a strong emotional connection to the original Enterprise and was heartbroken when it was destroyed in Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. Harve Bennett, another main creative head on Star Trek at the time, knew audiences would appreciate the shock ending of having the Enterprise self-destruct to save the day. Roddenberry, however, believed the destruction of the Enterprise was symbolic of Bennett trying to take creative control over Star Trek and change it to fit his own vision. Roddenberry eventually caved in when it was decided a new Enterprise, the Enterprise A, would be con- Constructed to replace the original. Previously, the plan was to do away with the name Enterprise forever and have the Excelsior be the main hero ship of the franchise. Number 6 – The Removal of Number 1 The pilot episode of Star Trek The Original Series, The Cage, featured an entirely different cast apart from Spock. Among them playing the first officer number one was Major Barrett, the partner and future wife of Gene Roddenberry. Gene wanted to give Barrett a lead role in Star Trek, but when the studio watched The Cage, although they were intrigued by the premise of the show, they hated the cast, particularly two of the lead characters, Spock and Number One. Gene eventually convinced them to keep Spock, but all other characters had to be replaced. Barrett lost the role of First Officer, but appeared in future episodes of the original series wearing a blonde wig, playing Nurse Chapel. Eventually, during The Next Generation, Barrett went on to voice a number of computers on the show, as well as the fan-favorite character Loxana Troy. And of course, we also have Strange New Worlds, the show based around the adventures of the original crew from The Cage, including Number One, now portrayed by Rebecca Romaine. So, although Jean was annoyed by Barrett's exclusion, she eventually got to solidify her place in Trek in other ways. And her character number one is finally getting the spotlight in strange new worlds.
0: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which
2: Number 5. Star Trek V The Final Frontier Star Trek V The Final Frontier is regarded by many fans as the worst movie in the franchise, but one of its most vocal haters was Gene Roddenberry himself. Gene even prepared to take legal action against William Shatner, the director of the film, for abusing his creation and slapping the name Gene Roddenberry on it. The case never materialized, but it did cause a lot of drama behind the scenes. Shatner and Roddenberry didn't talk much, if at all, during the production of the movie. But when Roddenberry learned about the plot, he became irritated, believing that Shatner was ripping off an old movie he was working on, but never finished, called The God Thing. The script had somewhat similar religious themes as The Final Frontier, and Roddenberry was under the impression that Shatner was stealing the story that he desperately wanted to tell. Number 4. Redemption The Next Generation season 4 finale, Redemption, was the 100th episode made for the series, and as such, Roddenberry wanted it to be big. Redemption continued the Klingon political arc that began earlier in the series. In the episode, we saw a civil war beginning to brew in the Klingon Empire. The conflict was resolved by the end of the episode, but Roddenberry was still upset that the 100th episode of The Next Generation featured a war plot, something he considered too bleak for the show. Ronald D. Moore was responsible for pushing Redemption into production, despite Gene's wishes, and most fans are glad he did. Moore was responsible for creating most of the updated Klingon aesthetics and had a real talent for creating believable alien cultures. Redemption is just one example of Moore taking the Klingons and fleshing them out to be more believable. Beyond his typical hatred for violence, Roddenberry also didn't believe that Worf was strong enough of a character to carry the 100th episode. Fortunately, Redemption and a few more episodes, especially in Deep Space Nine, eventually turned Worf into a pretty good lead character. Number three, episodes where technology is the enemy. While outlining the rules for Star Trek The Next Generation in his official series Bible, Gene Roddenberry was very clear that he wanted the writers to avoid portraying technology in a negative way. Roddenberry was very aware that many people loved Star Trek because it takes place in an optimistic future, one where technology is humanity's salvation rather than the cause of its demise, as in the case with most other science fiction. Replicators, transporters, and warp drive turned Earth into a paradise where all people are free to explore the universe and pursue their passions. However, this advice has been blatantly ignored in The Next Generation many times. The Borg, for example, are a technological nightmare that serves as a warning for anyone looking to integrate computers with people's minds. Or, what about the constant transporter and hologram malfunctions? All technology has a good and bad side. Gene Roddenberry was an optimist who couldn't imagine why someone would use a replicator to create a gun rather than a cheeseburger. But eventually, the writers abandoned this guideline altogether. Not in fear of new technology, but in acceptance of its destructive possibilities. Number 2. The Disappearance of Wesley Crusher Wesley Crusher was one of Gene Roddenberry's favorite characters in Star Trek, mostly because the character was actually based on an idealized version of himself as a teenager. The audience's reaction to Wesley deeply upset Gene. At times, due to Wesley being based off of himself, he even saw their hate for the character as an attack on him. The truth is that most people disliked Wesley simply because he was too perfect, During season one of The Next Generation, Wesley was the star of the show, constantly saving the ship and beating impossible odds and never once making a mistake. As the series progressed, Wesley appeared less and less before leaving the ship to attend Starfleet Academy, then ditched the Federation altogether in the episode Journey's End to explore space and reality with the Traveler, his mysterious alien mentor. He isn't seen after this point until the movie Star Trek Nemesis where he's just sitting in the background during the wedding scene Gene Roddenberry was also annoyed that his self-inserted character was sidelined, especially because it wasn't the studio that rejected him, but the fans. Number 1. The Animated Series Star Trek the animated series was basically created to keep the love of Star Trek alive in the zeitgeist long enough for movies to be made. The show's actually quite good. The storylines are very reminiscent of the original series, though sometimes even grander, as the animation format allows the writers to tell any story they want, regardless of budget constraints. Gene Roddenberry, however, disagreed. He famously hated the show because of a few minor story errors, but these errors were nothing worse than what was seen on the original series. In fact, The Next Generation's ships are way slower than Kirk's Enterprise, for example. Despite this, when Roddenberry's office reobtained the creative license for Star Trek at the end of The Next Generation's first season, he officially made the animated series non-canon. According to Gene, it never happened. Nowadays, matters are a little more complicated. We've seen references to the animated series in Deep Space Nine, Lower Decks, and other Trek installments, and it seems like it's making a return to canon once and for all. As David Gerald, a writer for the animated series put it, arguments about canon are silly. I always felt that Star Trek Animated was part of Star Trek because Gene Roddenberry accepted the paycheck for it and put his name in the credits.
1: Planning for your next trip?